um, committees with few of um, apologies for on my side, Chair. So, but we correct. Hello, Chair. It's Alan here. Um, Standing Committee on Finance, two, three, four, five. Five members. Okay. Um, same as um, SC on Finance Chair, we have five members currently. Uh, with an apology from uh, Mr. Karim. And yes, Mr. Karim is the only apology that I received. Uh, as Honorable uh, Matlango connected, the chairperson yes, of operations. Yes, yes, she is here. Oh, okay, I can see her here on the iPhone. Okay, I think we should start. The, there were too many meetings today from the morning. Even this one is clashing with another meeting of uh, PBO. Um, okay, this. Uh, you, are, you are all welcome, honorable members, uh, to this meeting. This is a joint uh, meeting of the Standing Committee and the Select Committee on Finance to get a briefing by Parliament on the draft regulations of Parliament made under Section 65, Subsection 1, and in compliance with the financial management of Parliament and uh, Provincial Legislatures Act, Act Number 10 of uh, 2009. The meeting is officially open. Um, uh, all members are welcome. Welcome the support teams from uh, uh, the Standing and the Select Committee and other officials from Parliament. Uh, also welcome our colleagues uh, from provincial legislatures if they are in the platform. Uh, you are all welcome, and the media and the public in general. Uh, we have already received the apologies. And then um, let's move to two. Who's doing the briefing? The briefing by Parliament on the draft uh, regulations. Um, good afternoon, Chair. I am Nolutano Bikashi from Legal Services. I will, doing the, I will be doing the presentation. Okay. Over to you, Nolutano. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, good afternoon to, to you, Chair, and to the members of the committee. I would, um, Alan, I'm not sure if you'll be sharing the screen or should I share my own screen of the presentation? Thank you. I've made the conference, and you can share it on your side. Okay, thank you. Honorable Masangu, are you there? Thank you. Can I continue? Yeah. 
connectivity is a challenge for Honorable Masam. Hey, where you are, only problem your connectivity. Okay, no problem. Uh, no return to proceed. Uh, I will be co-chairing with uh, Honorable Masangu. Uh, you are welcome, Comrade Digelet. Um, Thank you, Chair. Um, this is a presentation on the regulations that are made in terms of Section 65.1Q of the Financial Management of Parliament and Provincial Legislatures Act. I will um, take the committee um, through the presentation. We'll first um, look at the background and the mischief that these regulations are trying to, um, to cure. Our office was requested to, to provide a legal opinion on how to address the issue of extending timeframes for the submissions of annual statements by legislatures and by parliament. On 31 March in 2020, during um, the lockdown, the Minister of Finance exempted institutions to which the Public Finance Management Act applies to from um, certain obligations which include submissions of annual financial statements. Parliament and provincial legislatures could not be exempted from the um, from the public, sorry, from the FMPPLA because they are regulated by the FMPPLA and not by the PFMA. Therefore, Parliament was required to submit financial um, statements and annual report at the end of the financial year. The question um, was whether there was an equivalent provision in the FMPPLA to grant a similar exemption to Parliament and the provincial legislatures, as it was evident then that they would not be able to meet the deadline because of the hard lockdown that we found ourselves under. The FMPPLA and Section 57 provides that within two months after the end of the financial year, the Accounting Officer of Parliament must submit annual financial statements to the Auditor General for auditing and to the National Treasury. Section 65.1Q, which these um, regulations are drafted in terms of, provides that the executive authority may issue regulations not inconsistent with the Act concerning varying the time frame within which any Act must be performed in terms of the Act if it is necessary to achieve conformity with the budgeting or accounting cycles applicable to the public sector. We advise that there is no equivalent in the FMPPLA to Section 92 of the PFMA that allows exemption from complying with the FMPPLA. To ensure compliance with the prescripts of the FMPPLA, at least to the extent that it would allow conformity with the cycles applicable to the public sector, the executive authority could issue regulations for the approval of parliament to give effect to section 65.1Q. This is the wording of the regulations which we are proposing and requesting the committee to consider. The regulations will be applicable to financial management of parliament and provincial legislatures. And the regulations would read as follows. The executive authority may, by notice in the government gazette, vary the time period within which any act must be performed in terms of the act, if the budgeting or accounting cycles applicable to the public sector change, whether from an exemption granted in terms of section 92 of the Public Finance Management Act, or as a result of other regulatory interventions. 
the executive authority may only vary a time period referred to in sub-regulation one that corresponds with the time period that has changed in the public sector, or it is otherwise required to be varied in order to achieve conformity with the public, sorry, with the budgeting or accounting cycles of the public sector. The process um, for the regulations is um, found in section 59.1 of the constitution, which requires that National Assembly and um, and the National Council of Provinces facilitate public involvement in the legislative and other processes of the assembly and its committees, meaning that the public must be involved in the making of these regulations. Um, section 65 of the FMPPLA provides that regulations made by the executive authority in terms of section 65.1 come into effect only after they have been approved um, by the parliament. That means that both houses must approve the regulations and um, the important thing to mention, which um, with your permission, Chairperson, I would like the acting CFO, if she's in, in the meeting to elaborate more on, is that the regulations need to be approved before 31 March 2022. Its failure to do so would negatively affect the audit of parliament and provincial legislatures. That is the end of my presentation, Chair. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Noluta. Did you request the CEO? You said who? The CFO or CEO? Whom did you request to? The acting CFO, um, Chairperson. The acting CFO in the platform. I don't see her, Chairperson, unless uh, she's using a different name. Was she not invited to this meeting? She was, Chairperson. And then the next thing, she's not here. Can you please call her? Wait to sir. How do we proceed without her making a, a presentation after this one by Norutan? There is a hand, Chairperson, from Advocate Jenkins. Chairperson. Advocate Jenkins. Yes, Chairperson, good afternoon. Uh, and good afternoon to the members. Um, Chair, I'm, I'm maybe just uh, while we wait for the acting um, CFO, maybe she, there's something else happening. I don't know. I'm not aware she, she was supposed to be here. But, Chair, I think what, what needs to be added to the presentation of my colleague Nolatandu and what the CFO might want to put in there is the, the need for such a regulation. Um, as we saw in the um, in the presentation, the act itself envisages that such regulations can be made. And then there was those provisions in other sectors of the public finance, namely through the Public Finance Management Act and the Municipal Finance Management Act. Um, so we, uh, Parliament itself, in terms of its financial management, then found itself into quite a tight position because it couldn't finalize its financial statements within that time because of the um, Disaster Management Act regulations and, and so forth. So whereas public service then had the ability to then comply and then get proper audits done, Parliament's audit was always going to be against this background that 
we, we can't do because of a, a, a situation outside of our control. Uh, and we do not have the regulatory framework in place to to then allow us to, to fit into the public sector. So these regulations are made to get that consistency with the public sector. Um, uh, so I think I just needed to say that for clarity, Chairperson. Um, the, the, I, I might add as well that as when we look at the wording of the regulations, these are very specific um, to the cycles within the public sector. So the discretion is very small for the executive authority to extend timelines. Um, and that is, in fact, um, posing a challenge where we are now uh, after the fire of um, the 2nd and the 3rd of January this year, um, as can be envisaged or contemplated that um, a lot of the assets are now under uh, a status that we do not know. We, we can't access the um, certain areas of the precinct and we need to finalize asset registers and these cannot happen with the prevailing circumstances. So we, we're sitting with a similar situation and these regulations will not address that situation. That is more of an emergency situation where we need a, a provision in the Act that we will then come with the amendments to the Act later. That's my understanding. Um, so, Chair, I think I just needed to put that in there. My proposal is for, for the committee to, to, to deal with questions to my colleagues and myself. And, and when the CF Acting Chief Finance Officer comes in, maybe she can also then take some questions. Um, thank you, Chair. I hope this was some, some assistance. Okay, uh, thanks, um, Advocate Jenkins. Um, while we are waiting for CFO, can we, in the meantime, engage with uh, the presentation uh, done so far? Uh, Honorable uh, Dennis Ryder, over to you. Thank you very much, Chair. Jay, you'll forgive me if I, if I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to come out straight out and say I'm feeling a little bit ambushed here um, by the process. Um, you know, we, we've received a, a document and it says that our office, and the first line on the first slide, says that our office was requested to provide a view on how to address the issue of extending time frames for the submission of annual finance. Who, who, who requested that? I mean, what's the motivation? Why is this before our committee? Who's, who's, prom who's promoting what? Who, who wants to ask us to consider something? You know, without this, the, the CFO, the acting CFO, putting the case forward, um, I, frankly, I don't see that we can, can have a meeting. Uh, we have a presentation of a point of view, but we don't have any motivation or a request to assess or discuss or, 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 or you know, support any requests, etc. So, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit ambushed and, and like, you know, we, we're kind of sitting here not, not really knowing what, what, what is before us. Am I totally wrong, Chair? Am I still suffering from December fever? Or, or do other members feel the same? No, you're not wrong. You just want to ask. Uh, that question is important because I see there is a, uh, what we call it, from the research unit, a uh, two-page uh, document which gives a summary and the background and says that the speaker and the chairperson respectively requested the two committees. Uh, Nolutando and Frank, uh, the business before us, is it the responsibility of uh, 
standing and select committees or is the responsibility of the executive authority. And in this regard is the speaker and the chairperson together with the uh, uh, secretary of parliament and the CFO. Are we playing oversight over parliament as these two committees or there is another body which is supposed to deal with this or is it not supposed to be dealt with at the executive level of authority level of the speaker? Can um, we clarify? Uh, um, piggybacking on the question asked by Honorable uh, Ryder. Over to you, Noltando and Frank. Uh, thank you, Chair. I will, I will come in, and Noltando, if she can, if she's okay with it, can come in after me. The the background to this matter. Um, chairperson, um, and apologies for not putting that in, in 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 the opening statement, is that we, as administration, I say we, the accounting officer of parliament, was put in a position where it was extremely difficult to comply with the timeframes in the Act due to the disaster management regulations. There was no access to the precinct. The service providers that were contracted to assist with the um, asset register and the compilation of the asset register. We're not able to access the precinct. That's my understanding, Chairperson, um, as, as I'm in legal services and with the discussions that we had with finance. That's my understanding of, fin of the financial position and the accounting position of Parliament. So that itself created an, a problem. So we went then to the Act to say, how can we deal with this? And the Act then says to us in section 65 that the accounting officer in, sub, in subsection 3, the accounting officer must ensure that drafts of regulations required by the Act are prepared and, and periodically review the regulations made in terms of the Act and when appropriate, ensure that there are new draft regulations or draft amendments then are prepared. These are then given in terms of subsection 4 of section 65 to the executive authority who will publish them. And to say that we um, we have these regulations that we need to be approved by Parliament before they come operative, so that that is the the background to it. So that's how it got here. This is not um, anything other than the executive authority uh, looking at regulations, listening to the accounting officer um, whether these are necessary in terms of the act and, and whether they they could assist with the problem, and then asking the committee to approve this. Now, the committee issue, this is your, your question, Chairperson. Um, the Act itself, the Financial Management of Parliament and Provincial Legislatures Act, was drafted and then recommended for approval to the Houses by the two standing committees uh, of finance. And the amendments went the similar way a while back. So the regulations also is following that path and, and the previous ones, the supply chain management regulations in the previous parliament also went that path, sir. But what we have in the meantime, we have the Joint Committee on the Financial Management of Parliament, which provides specific oversight over the monthly, uh, quarterly uh, and annual reports of parliament and then reports to the houses. Um, so there is that question that is, is there that we saying who is the most appropriate committee to deal with this? Now, the Joint Committee on the Financial Management of Parliament has a specific mandate that's set out in the Act itself. Um, and, and it can review the Act 
but it needs a specific resolution from the House to to allow it to to make recommendations on amendments to legislation and so forth, because it has that specific task in the um, uh, in the Act itself. So, um, Chairperson, I hope that addresses the the background issue um, where they came from. These actually were under discussion since the Minister of Finance in 2020. Um, used his uh, power in terms of the Public Finance Management Act to exempt most of the public service from um, complying with the time frame set out in the Public Finance Management Act. Um, and one can imagine, Chair, if I just can end with this, just, just to, for, for maybe for better understanding, myself included, when we're dealing with the public finances, of course, there must be consolidated financial statements in terms of the Public Finance Management Act of the whole republic. So that means we all need to be on the same page. We need all need to work together, Parliament, the, the judiciary, the executive, all the accounting officers and executive authorities need to come together to, to perform this task of having consolidated financial statements. And when the Minister of Finance then, of course, allowed um, exemptions from those timeframes for certain public for, for most of the public entities, it left Parliament out of sync. Um, in, in fact, even when we submitted our, our annual financial statements, our unaudited financial statements, the Auditor General had um, its own problems to provide our audited financial statements within that time frame back to us. So, so we made us, uh, there was an ar arrangement with the Auditor General then to, to have these um, documents um, set out in time, Chair. So, so that, is, that is sort of the background to understand where we are and why we need this regulatory framework. Um, yes, Chair, I will leave it at that for now. Thank you. I, I don't know if my colleague Nala Tonda wants to come in, Chairperson. Uh, it's, it's, um, thank you, Chair. I'm, I'm done. Um, thank you, Chairperson. I'm covered. Thank you. Co covered everything. Thank you. Okay. I saw Honorable Maslangu raising her hand. Over to you, Honorable Maslangu. Honourable Chair, I'm 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 covered by the presentation or the response from Advocate. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Honourable Matlam. Mangwen, are you able to get hold of the CFO? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, she just joined. Is she here in the platform? Yes. Miss, Miss November? Yeah, I just admitted uh, about two minutes ago, Chair. Yes, uh, she is out of, here. Out of November? Yes. Okay. Hello, CFO. Uh, I see her in the platform, but I'm not sure whether she can hear us. Uh, Miss November, afternoon. Okay. Can we take other questions in the meantime while we are waiting for Miss November to make a presentation? Do we have questions, uh, comments from members? Honorable uh, Labra, yes. Yes, Chair, thank you so much. Uh, 
I I would I would I would really love to get to hear the the the, the CFO speak and maybe just an explanation on the the timing the timing of her joining the meeting i see that she is writing in the chat that she cannot unmute unmute herself maybe she can be assisted on that but uh, my question honorable chair for in the meantime to Nolo tando and uh, mr jenkins is whether uh, this presentation that is done to the committee has 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 been done in the past and whether the 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 in line with what you have already raised already together with honorable rider whether the 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 committee uh, responsible for the oversight of parliament has 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 been briefed already thank you so much Chairperson. Uh, thanks, uh, Noxie. Ms. November, uh, co-host Nolutando and uh, Charmaine, can you unmute uh, November? Um, I'm sorry, Chair, I don't know how to. Uh, I've tried, Chair, numerous times, as I would normally do with other participants. Um, I think the problem is on her side. Um, she needs to press the mute and unmute button. Uh, sorry, Chair. I, I, I know we've had uh, some similar issue not too long ago. Uh, maybe if she leaves the platform and then just rejoin, hopefully that will fix the problem. I see Honorable Masamu has put something on the chart yes. here. Yes, Chair, if you allow me. Yes. I think the the same questions and uh, concerns that the members had, we have had the uh, same questions amongst ourselves as the, the, the three chairpersons. Uh, more so that uh, I'm the co-chairperson of the Joint Committee on uh, Financial Management on Parliament. Uh, that where does this belong? Who's supposed to do what? How did it come? What role will they play? You know, uh, is it because the PES, the responsible department for the PES of the country is treasury and all that, now we're briefed by not even treasury and it, there's that confusion, and uh, while we are waiting for the for the CFO, uh, whom we are really, I, I for one, I'm really uh, not happy with with with, with the conduct. Uh, everybody has to to respect these meetings. We we have another meeting, you and myself, Honourable uh, Maswangani, where we are supposed to be in a very important meeting also. But we, 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 we respected this meeting and apologize on the other meeting, which is equally important. We, we, can't, we can't have all the members who have important things left uh, came here and wait for, 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 for her. 
is is unbecoming and, and is unacceptable, whatever the case might be. And we did not receive any apology. I'm just unhappy with such conduct. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thanks, Honorable uh, Masango, Chairperson. Um, do we have any other comment or question? Chair, I was going to say, um, there's uh, Mr. Henry McGregor, he's the head of the Treasury Advice Office. Um, he um, offered to uh, brief the committee or give some background to it. Who's that? Uh, Mr. Henry McGregor, he's the head of the Treasury Advice Office of Parliament. Okay, McGregor. Uh, Advocate Frank Jenkins, you want to say something? Chairperson, um, yes, I, I'll come in after Mr. McGregor. He, he will give, he assists, I mean, as, as we know, the Treasury function in terms of the Financial Management of Parliament and Provincial Legislatures Act is, is in effect, in fact, given to the Speaker and the Chairperson uh, as such because of the separation of powers, although there is like the overall function still of, of National Treasury when it comes to consolidated financial statements I referred to previously. So we have a Treasury Advice Office that, that assists the Speaker and the Chair, as I understand it, with this function, and I think Mr. McGregor can give a lot of background to this. I just wanted to maybe come in after that on the issue of the way forward. I mean, I'll, I'll come in after that, after the background is given. Chair, if you allow me. Thank you. Okay, okay, Jenkins. Uh, Mr. McGregor, over to you. Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, honorable members. Um, uh, as, as Advocate Jenkins indicated, um, I'm the head of the Treasury Advice Office. Uh, this office was set up about, uh, I would say, four or five months ago with my appointment. Uh, this request, I will, uh, I will, the request emanated from the CFO, but uh, she will do it shortly. But I will give you a background on 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 what happened um, about two years ago, uh, and 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 at that stage, uh, there was outbreak. COVID COVID nineteen pandemic was upon us, and at that stage, uh, Chair, we we didn't have any. Well, basically, we went to a hybrid model. Uh, we couldn't access the buildings. All of our work was basically conducted on site. And at that stage, Parliament actually, and, and many legislatures, um, not only us ourselves, couldn't um, uh, basically couldn't make the time, or some of us couldn't make uh, the submission to the Auditor General in terms of our financial statements. But there's a few that did make it and submitted on time. But for example, Parliament didn't submit on time. And then we, I mean, it was at my understanding at back then I was not the Parliament at that stage. But there was a back and forth between legal and between various role players, and and there was no regulation, and there was nothing in the act that gave Parliament or the, our, our executive authority the authority to to give an extension to legislatures uh, to, to to submit later or an extension. The the minister announced then. Um, that uh, for both the PFMA gave extension, the Minister of Finance gave an extension on the PFMA, uh, a period of two months extension, 
and in the MFMA another period of two months. So basically they created a, uh, an environment where the local government and the national government could adapt to an online working environment and also to, to, to organize themselves to prepare the financial statements. Because uh, Jay, as you can imagine, um, all the processing back then, it, it feels like almost 10, 15 years ago, when we used to come to, to Parliament and, and, and all the journals and all the processing was done on site. So legislatures had to adapt very quickly and, 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 and kind of uh, prepare financial statements from our living rooms and, and from our homes. And, and that left legislatures with a problem. So what there was a request, there was, there was back and forth between Parliament and, and, and I, I think at that stage, uh, the CFOs forum, CFOs forum and the legislative sector and, and that's where the CFO will pick up um, that we actually have should uh, have in our regulations something. The AG then recommended in our audit report at that stage, and, and honourable members who are part of that committee would would have been briefed on some of the findings or the findings. Is that we must come up with a policy or regulation that will, if COVID. Okay, there it goes. Yeah. Uh, Mr. November. Um, Parliament, the recommendation was that Parliament must come up with a regulation that will allow us a similar uh, uh, extension period, similar to that of the MFMA and the PFMA. Because we were left in, in the lurch and, and we faced a disclaimer at that stage. But, but fortunately, because of this, this back and forth, there was a finding in the first COMEF that was issued was a COMEF on this. But we have explained to the AG that uh, in terms of our law, uh, we did the best we could and we did inform the executive authority. I have seen the, the letters between the accounting officer and this uh, executive authority. And as a result of that process, the audit process of the previous year, this regular week, where with assistance of legal, uh, the, the regulation was developed. And then and, and, and that's why it becomes very important uh, for us to uh, have a regulation that that, that, in, that basically operationalizes uh, the, the section 65. So, so uh, as best as I could, uh, uh, Chair, Honorable Chair, um, that's uh, the background that I have understood, and I have been consulted by by my colleagues, and we have been going back and forth and and, and trying to understand. Uh, how how best to support uh, the legislative sector in this regard? The CFO uh, will add, Ms. Um, uh, November. Uh, thank you and, and good afternoon, Chair and honourable members. My apology, I think I am online. Uh, it's sometimes just challenging with the um, with uh, laptops that doesn't want to work, or I don't know where the problem arises from. I, however, has been following. I couldn't just unmute, but I've been following the the discussions and and the engagement. Um, the background that Mr. McGregor has given, uh, it's it's absolutely correct. Um, uh, I don't I don't want to repeat it, but just to reiterate that. Because our Act FMPPLA didn't provide for Parliament to submit late, and as you well know, it was total lockdown. We 
couldn't finalize everything on time because um, assets is something that you physically need to review, etc., which relates to your AFS submission by 31st of May. Um, but however, due to the fact that the departments um, and the government were allowed by uh, their PFMA to submit late, we had the engagement and uh, agreement with AG that they will allow Parliament uh, that um, uh, to be able to submit also because uh, there was enough motivation for us uh, not to submit on time. However, the issue was the fact that um, our uh, PF, uh, FMPPLA uh, didn't uh, address this matter as, as, as the colleagues has, has alluded to. Um, I don't know whether there is any questions from the chair of the members that they wanted to hear from my side, but uh, as I said, uh, uh, my colleagues have addressed uh, it uh, um, uh, the way it has uh, unfolded. Um, I think I, I can also reiterate it again, the issue of the disaster, that uh, the fire disaster. It, uh, I'm not saying it will impact, it might also impact uh, again. Um, I need to indicate as well, last year, um, AG, uh, AG staff also suffered um, COVID and they were not able to finalize uh, from their side the report on time. And we also had them to submit the report to Treasury at the at later stage. So, however, the financial statements from Parliament side was uh, submitted on time. So, but AG made use then of their rules uh, 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 to request uh, the extension. So I think I leave it for there if, if there's any questions from the chair and member side. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Ms. November. Over to you, Frank. Chairperson, thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to add that the way forward, as I understand the process, is that um, committee needs to decide, the joint committees, on the manner of public participation in this, in this instance, because we do need to go through a, a process of public participation. Um, and that might include, as I saw in the discussion in the chat on the side, um, asking the Auditor General to comment on the provisions. Um, so just, just to put that on the table as well, Chair. It's, it's not that these get approved today. It, it, we need the public participation first. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thanks. I heard you, Frank, saying that uh, uh, the report should be submitted to uh, NA and NCOP before the end of March. Uh, if I look at our program of SCOF, we, we don't have uh, any day which is free between now and end of March. And uh, from the 4th until the 14th of April uh, is constituency period. How are we reconciling the timeframes and uh, the programs of the select committee and the standing committees? Um, Chair, uh, sorry, it's Alan, Frank, sorry. If I may come in, Chair, um, I've sat down with Nkololeko and just looked at our committee programs. Um, 
there are days that the committee is not meeting. Um, for instance, the day of the debate on the um, revised fiscal, or sorry, the fiscal framework. Um, then also utilizing days that um, we would not normally um, sit um, on Thursdays. Um, that's obviously up to the committees to decide if uh, they will follow that um, program. Thank you. Okay. No, we'll look at that. Okay. Uh, members, there you are. Are there comments, uh, questions for clarity? Honorable Ryder. Thanks, Chair. Chair, again, I might be being a little bit thick, um, but, uh, you know, without kind of a flow chart of, of, of time frames, uh, without a comparison, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what we're being asked to agree to. Now, an extension of the ability to extend time, yes, okay, but how? Who does that? Would it be a one-off? Would it be only in instances of a state of disaster? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not comfortable with what I'm being asked, so I'm not sure that we can agree or we can formulate a report without a firm question and perhaps also a, a, a firm time frame. And I think that that the pros and cons of this would be something that would really need to be evaluated quite carefully. And I don't believe that I'm in a position to understand the depth of those pros and cons without the inputs of uh, the likes of the Auditor General. Uh, and of course, yes, I think that public participation will be most important because you know there are... Uh, uh, civil society organizations that look quite closely at these things, and I think that their inputs would be would be quite important. But perhaps I haven't focused clearly enough to 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 hear exactly or are we looking at an extended date per permanently or as a kind of a get out of jail free card clause which will allow on application uh, if there's a specific set of circumstances um, uh, an extension to be declared by the minister. On, on a one-off basis. Um, if, if I could just get some clarity on that, please, Chair. Okay, uh, Honorable Ryder. Uh, Honorable Abram. Okay, so maybe just to to check on the on the on the once more on the ownership of the the regulation uh, just to check with advocate jenkins as to the the um, the executive authority responsible in terms of the act so that we know we are doing what we are supposed to be doing and maybe just to come closer to what the writer has has raised in terms of time frames a, maybe to expand on it to say because obviously this might be a loophole for a situation where things are normal how then do we propose to close the gap in terms of ensuring timeless submission to the AG if when 
things are normal because we do not, I mean, there the, the could have been a reason why this was not um, accommodated in the FM uh, PPLA because as parliament, we need to be leading by example. So my, my question is, <coughs> sorry, uh, my, my question is when, when then, how then are we going to ensure that if it is left open uh, without time frames, how are we going to ensure or how are we going to regulate the issue of the late submission, random late submission? Thank you, Chair. Thanks, uh, Dr. George. Um, thanks, Chairperson. Um, yeah, I'd like to just share the view of um, also with um, you know the view of um, Honourable Ryder. I'm also a bit confused as to what's going on here. Um, I have been in touch with um, the Chief Whip of my party um, just to ask her if she's aware that there's a delay with the um, financial statements, because obviously, you know, there's a committee in parliament that also looks at these things and she's not aware. So I'm not quite sure what process has been followed here, but um, it seems to me that, you know, there's obviously something that needed to be done. It is late, it's not being done. And now there's a, a, a desire to change the law around that. Um, it's That's very problematic actually. So. I'm not quite sure, you know, how we got into this position, but certainly doesn't seem like the, you know, the senior management of parliament is aware of it. So I don't know. I think we need to bear that in mind. As Honourable Ryder has said, we do need to hear from the Auditor General, and I think we need to hear from other people as well. Um, thanks very much, Chair. Okay. Thanks, uh, Dr. George. Honorable Ryder, you want to make a follow-up question? Yeah, sorry, Chair, and, and perhaps I should have said this in the first place. But, you know, what, what I'm seeing here is that the, the acting CFO has, has arranged a meeting of our committees, called us to this meeting, to the, this meeting um, and, and then come without a presentation, but with an opinion, a legal opinion, um, but there's no motivation. We, you know, we hearing these things. There's, there's nothing in my hands that I can really get to the meat of what the issue is. I, and you know, the CFI should have taken full advantage of the platform that she was given um, to put forward a, a, a cogent argument with slides and presentations and and guest presenters and things. There's been no effort. This is like a last ditch slap together uh, attempt. You know, never mind uh, Honourable Matlanga's concerns about the fact that the CFO, you know, joined late, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and then I'm still wondering about that. But the whole point is this seems to be a very slapdash, last-minute attempt to to achieve something. I'm uncomfortable with it. I think that we've got currently uh, the tail wagging the dog. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 there's a very nasty feeling I have about this. So, Chair, please, if, if we can ask the CFO to either give us uh, proper motivation, or if we can maybe, uh, you know, reschedule for, for a chance when we can get a better motivation from it. Thank you. Thanks, um, Honorable Abram. 
Thank you so much, Chairperson. Um, sorry, since we've been going back and forth in terms of how we go forward, in fact, first and foremost, the intention uh, of of Uh, yes, yes, Abrams. Um, we, I think we can we can go to the next speaker um, while I'm still trying to assist her. Okay. Uh, the understanding is that uh, the executive authority have um, or has referred this responsibility to the two committees. And uh, if you look at the conclusion of that two-page uh, uh, document... Chair, I, I got lost there. Can I come in again? Sorry. Okay. You are back. I'm back now. Sorry, Chair. I got lost. I'm so sorry. Can I, can I continue, Chair? Yes. Okay. No, Chair. I was, I was, I was going to say that... Um, at this point, Chair, uh, I propose, uh, uh, maybe I'm seconding uh, Honorable Writer's proposal for rescheduling. I propose that at this point, we, 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 we just do not allow the, the, the CFO and, and head team to continue speaking and give you the chairs of this meeting, the mandate to consult with the leadership of a parliament regarding this particular process so that when we come back as a as the both the, the, the joint committees, we come back with the team briefing us on an issue that we have the context first and foremost on uh, with an issue also that we know for certain that we have a mandate to deal with. So Chair, um, if we could maybe let us, um, okay, okay, maybe let me rephrase. I concretely propose that at this point we adjourn the meeting and give the chairs an opportunity to consult with presiding officers and have an interaction with both the officials of our committees as well as the, the, the leadership of parliament so that we alert properly regarding this so that when we, we interact with the CFO, Advocate Jenkins and Noltando, we do not act unfairly towards them. So we know for sure what the context is. I propose, Chair. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Let me take uh, uh, Advocate Jenkins, then uh, I summarize. Um, Chairperson, I mean, with respect, um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's if, if the decision is that we should come back to you after the consultations. I will stop it there. But my my input is just uh, it's very simple, Chair. It's just that the 
the issue of Parliament's financial statements for this financial year, which will be ending in the end of March. Um, these, the, the CFO can speak to, as far as I know, those and the timing of those will probably be affected um, by the fire, by the, the fire of 2nd and 3rd of January. So these amendments did not grow out of the emergency created by that fire. These amendments came from the disaster management, the lockdown issues where we thought we're not going to comply. We did comply as the CFO indicated, but we still need those regulations. Now, those regulations are envisaged in terms of the, of the act in chapter nine. It says that the executive authority may issue regulations to vary time frames or time periods within which any act must be performed in terms of this act, if it's necessary to achieve conformity with the budgeting and accounting cycles applicable to the public sector. So in that empowering provision, there is a, a, a clause, a checked clause to say, this discretion, first of all, you must exercise it by go through a public participation process by having these regulations properly adopted um, through a public participation process. Now that process itself is more stringent that we see most regulations being made in acts which pertain to the executive. So when we drafted this act in 2009, that, that was built in already so that there's not an abuse of this power to make regulations to allow Parliament to report on a different accounting cycle than what the public sector is involved with. So when we, when we read this act, there's a few re references in the Financial Management of Parliament Act that says that the executive authority may exercise certain sort of treasury functions and there's always this built-in provision in there to achieve conformity or consistency with the public sector. So it is to ensure that that consolidated financial statement issue is remaining intact so that we have this transparency in, in, in the cons uh, consolidated finances of the whole country. So to, that is um, uh, just to address the question of where does it come from and, and is it just a loose discretion that's been given? Now, the, the question of Parliament's financial statements for this year, and those are going to the the Joint Standing Committee on the Financial Management of Parliament. Um, that is where lateness of these uh, statements could be dealt with. But in my in my view, Chair, um, and we've discussed it as an administration, the emergency situation created by the fire is not addressed in these provisions, um, simply because the Act doesn't allow that at this point in time. We'll have to amend the Act if we want to deal with that. So how that will be dealt with um, and, and how it's been dealt with at this point in time, um, CFO can advise on chair, but that's not the that's not the purpose of these regulations. That's all I wanted to say, chair. Um, thank you, chair, for the indulgence. Okay, thanks, uh, uh, Advocate Jenkins. Uh, no time. Are you raising your hand? Uh, yes, chair, I am. Yes. Over to you. Yes, Chair. Um, I just wanted to say uh, before the committee makes um, a, a decision on what was proposed regarding going back to the executive authority, um, maybe I was not clear when I was speaking to the process in my presentation. And the, the process is that the regulations were already approved and are already approved by the executive committee. So after the executive committee approves the regulations, the regulations must then come to the committee because the act says that parliament must approve them, the regulations, which is why now the regulations are in the committee. So the committee is kind of the, um, the last step in the, in the process. If I can share my screen and you would see that um, this is the letter that was from the 
from the acting secretary to parliament to the executive authority and the signatures here are the signatures of the executive authority then it was um still honorable speaker tandy what you say and um the chairperson of the national council of provinces um mr amos masondo i just wanted to share that share with the committee thank you okay uh, honorable Masango, do you want to make a comment before we wrap up the meeting Uh, my apologies, Chair. I was attending to Chief Whip's uh, call on something else, uh, but I'm fine with the decision that has been taken by the committee, the Joint Committee. Okay. Um, okay. I think, Honorable Members, let's do as we have been requested by the Executive Authority. Um, in terms of uh, section 65.1 of the FMPPLA um, that we deal with this matter. Uh, we'll have to, in the meantime, attend to the issue raised by uh, Honorable uh, uh, Abram and Honorable Ryder, uh, uh, Honorable Matlangu, myself, Honorable Karim, uh, and other members who participate in the uh, Joint Committee on uh, Financial Management uh, of Parliament. Uh, in the process, we'll, we'll, we'll have a meeting, even if it's virtual, to clarify certain things, um, uh, more especially the issues raised by members here. And I believe in that meeting, uh, the, the, the Secretary, uh, the CFO and the legal team will be invited. Uh, however, be that as it may, I think we should proceed because uh, it looks like uh, we don't have time. If I look at the time frame that is allocated here, it's, it's too tight. Uh, uh, today, I think it's the 17th, and uh, starting from the 3rd of March, uh, the process should be at an advanced stage. So let's agree that uh, we proceed with uh, the mandate uh, given to us by the executive authority. Uh, but in between, uh, ourselves as chairpersons uh, will have to find a way of uh, addressing the issues uh, raised by members uh, of this joint uh, uh, committee. And by the time we come back, uh, all the issues that uh, have been raised by members uh, will have been addressed uh, so that we all move uh, at the same uh, wavelength. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Honorable uh, Matlango, the Chairperson Appropriation Select Committee, uh, members of the Select Committee and COP, Standing Committee and A, uh, the support team from Parliament. Uh, uh, all of you who are in the platform, uh, thanks very much for participating. Uh, the meeting is adjourned.
Recording stopped.